What a blessing to be here. I love my friend, Brother Wheeler, but he liked to have scared me to death the other day. He calls and says, Brother David, I'm in the hospital with Brother Peacock. So I don't know which one of them is in trouble, but I know two of the closest men in my life are at the hospital, so thank the Lord for his blessings that he raised him back up and he's here. So I'm going to kind of be brief tonight, give us a few things, hopefully to be an encouragement to you, and then pass the baton over to Brother Wheeler tonight. Daniel chapter number three, if you'll turn, Daniel chapter number three. Daniel 3 is a big day in Babylon. Daniel chapter number 3. And what we're going to see in the first couple of verses is all we'll read for the sake of time. And I want us to see in Daniel chapter number 3 a contrast between what takes place in Babylon with the worldly people of Babylon in contrast to the stand of the position of the children of God. Look in Daniel chapter 3, verse number 1. The Bible says, Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold whose height was three score cubits and the breadth thereof six cubits. He set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king sent to gather together the princes, the governors, and the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, Brother TK, and all the rulers of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image which Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. Notice in verse number 2, they're coming together to what? The dedication. Now this is a wrong dedication here because obviously the dedication has to do with an image. Isn't it a blessing to come to a new church building with people packing the pews, seats, with no images here. It's a blessing we don't have a screen over here and a screen over here. Thank God we can come to church and still flip the pages of our Bibles instead of just turning through our phones or looking at a screen. Amen. What a blessing. Now here is a dedication with images, and of course this is a false dedication in contrast to what I want to preach to you for just a few minutes tonight on, the real deal. The real deal. I want to give you a few points to show you the real deal when someone is really, truly dedicated to God. Brother Wheeler, will you pray and ask the Lord to bless us for a few minutes here? Amen. To dedicate is the vow, to promise, to devote, to set apart, to consecrate to God for a sacred purpose. You know, there are a lot of people in the world that are dedicated. Around where I live, we have some athletes that are dedicated. They ride their bicycles down my road sometimes. And sometimes even on Sunday mornings early, you'll see them riding their bicycles and they're wearing their Speedos and riding their bicycles. <laughs> Those folks are dedicated. And I'm sure where you live and folks around you are dedicated to doing their things that they do. 
But, you know, sometimes we may ride bikes or we might have things that we do. I play a few instruments. Somebody said, you still play the banjo. I say, yeah, I, I, I play the banjo, mandolin, a guitar, but I know just enough about it to get into trouble. That's about it. I'm not what you would call the real deal. Now, when you listen to Steadfast up here and Brother Evans and some of those others playing their instruments, those guys are the real deal. Now, here when we look at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, what we're going to see is the real deal. And we really only know about this because of the trouble that came in their life. We can be dedicated to God, but oftentimes that dedication is never seen, it's never manifest, it's never exposed until you get into trouble or you're tested. The great preacher Adrian Rogers said, Christians are like tea bags. Their strength doesn't come out until they get into hot water. <laughs> Amen. So let's look at these men as they get into hot water. The first thing I want us to notice here, verses 2 and 3, you see it in the text. Real devotion that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego have, their real dedication here is real devotion that leads to a radical disconnection. They have real devotion that leads to a radical disconnection. This is where I'm going with this. The other people that are there at the dedication, they're going to bow, they're going to bend in order not to burn, but they're doing everything they're doing out of fear. They're afraid that they're going to be fined, or they're afraid that they're going to be banned or barred, or they're afraid that they're going to be harmed. So they're there in their dedication out of fear. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they stand up for Jesus Christ out of love. And I'm telling you, you might be able to go through the motions and you might be able to walk a good walk and talk a little good talk and maybe play the Christian game, but the thing that's going to carry you in this real thing called real dedication is real devotion. You really have to love Jesus Christ. And if you don't love Jesus Christ, it's not going to last very long. They had real devotion that led to a radical disconnection. I mean, think about what's going on here. They have peer pressure. They have political pressure. They have pressure from all around them, and eventually they have physical pressure. What a blessing to come and open up our Bibles in freedom tonight. I don't take it lightly. What if it cost us to come? And open up our Bibles. What if there was a potential hazard of us possibly being arrested as we leave or maybe going to jail just for assembling and worshiping Jesus Christ? This is what we're dealing with here. There's political pressure. There's physical pressure. And they're willing to stand up for Jesus. They had a real devotion that led, naturally, by the way, it led to a radical disconnection. The reason they were willing to separate from the world is because they were all in. They were the real deal. They were dedicated. They jumped in with both feet. They were in. And that led to the radical disconnection. They didn't start off saying, I'm going to try to be weird. I'm going to put a signboard on. I'm going to put all these stickers on my car. I'm going to separate from the world. No, you're just being weird. You fall in love with Jesus, the world will separate from you. You get close to God, the world will draw away from you. Real devotion will lead to a radical disconnection. There was one uh, 
a Christian back in church history and one of the emperors during the Inquisition, they said to him, don't you know the whole world is against you and you don't fit in? He replied, well, then I'm against the whole world. That's how we ought to be. Have you ever gone against the flow? It's not an easy thing. You get out into the water maybe and you begin to feel that flow go against you. You know dead fish can go downstream. <laughs> but it takes real devotion that leads to a radical disconnection. They really loved God. They really loved God. Are you the real deal tonight? You say, preacher, I'm dedicated to the Lord. Okay, here's a real simple test. Do you love Jesus? Do you love Jesus Christ? Peer pressure, public pressure, physical pressure. Real devotion led to a radical disconnection. Number two, and this is just about the end of it, rudimentary decision is what they made. They made a rudimentary decision that led to a relaxed declaration. Come down, if you will, to the this, this story. I know most of you know the story, so we're not going to go over the whole thing. But come down to their reply in verses 16 and 17. Now, you know the story how that they had already had a big hootenanny, if you want to call it that, and a lot of folks had already bowed down, they've already been down, and then the uh, people began to accuse Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They said, hey, these guys didn't bow down, they didn't bend, so now they're going to give them another opportunity. You know, the world's good about trying to give you another opportunity. But I'm glad the Lord will also give you another opportunity. Notice in verse number 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. I believe real devotion led to a radical disconnection, but then I believe a rudimentary decision led to a relaxed declaration. Here's what I think. I think way before this dedication of this image had ever happened that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had already made up their mind. And I know this from Daniel chapter number 1. Remember, you had Daniel. He had purposed in his heart as a young boy that he was not going to be defiled with the meat. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are right there with Daniel. So I think early on he had already made up, they had already made up their minds. They had already made one big decision. And that made all the other decisions easy. You know, I think uh, one of the messages someone preached on just one thing. I think it was the first message, Brother Brown. You know, sometimes it's just one main decision. If you can just go ahead and cross that line and say, you know what, I'm going to love Jesus Christ. I'm going to put the Lord Jesus Christ first starting tonight. And just go ahead and cross that line. You will be amazed how many other little decisions would just come so natural. And that's what happened with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They had a rudimentary decision. I have made up my mind a long time ago, I'm not going to touch alcohol Amen. at all. So I'm not driving down the road and I see a liquor store and I'm like, oh no, I better not look over there at the liquor store. No, I've already made up my mind. That's off the table. I've already made up my mind. Here's a good one. I'm going to be in church on Sundays. Well, I'm the preacher. I need to be in church on Sundays. But that's a rudimentary decision and it leads to other decisions. And so Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they had made up their mind. I want you to notice here that this one decision led to the others. Notice they had a conscience. 
their conscience. It bothered them on the inside, so it affected what they did on the outside. Their conscience, then you'll notice their courage. Courage is not lack of fear. Courage is heart to do the right thing in the midst of fear. And then you'll notice their carefulness. Look in verse number 16. We are not careful to answer thee in this matter. And then notice their confidence. I love verse number 17. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us. Do you know God's able tonight? Look at this church building in here. He's able. Remember years ago when we were praying for the property? Of course, Brother Mike and I, we would go over to the tree over there. We were praying for the wrong property. <laughs> then Brother Brad told me, hey, we're praying for this side of the yard. So then we started praying for this side of the yard, and then y'all got in the parking lot. Amen. <laughs> but when you think about what the Lord's done, this is a great example. Just look around. God's able. Maybe you're here tonight and you're dedicated, but you're discouraged. I want to encourage you not to be discouraged because your problems might be big, but God's bigger. The Goliath in your life might be intimidating, but God is greater than any giant in your life. He is able. Hebrews 7.25, wherefore, he is able to save them to the uttermost. He is able to save them to the uttermost. He is able, 2 Timothy 1, verse 12. He said, I suffer these things, nevertheless I'm not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. Jude, verse number 24, now unto him that is able to keep you from falling. You know, he's able to restore people. Romans chapter 11, verse number 23. He says that they also, if they abide not still in unbelief, shall be grafted in, for God is able to graft them in again. Maybe you just wandered in here. Maybe you hadn't been faithful like you're supposed to be. God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. He's able. And so you'll notice in the text, verse number 17, he's able to supply immediate deliverance. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us. And we know that he's able to supply final deliverance. You ever heard the song, I'm a winner either way? I think of Miss Sylvia in our church singing that. She didn't sing unless she flipped her sandals off before she got up to sing. And she put her head back like that and she starts singing that and she's missing half her teeth. And God, the Holy Spirit would just blow right on that thing. I'm a winner either way, if I go or if I stay. You know, you might not have immediate deliverance tonight, but we have a final deliverance. I've read the end of the book. I know how it ends. The Old Testament ends with a curse, but the New Testament ends, even so come Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen! Thank God for his amens. They had carefulness but they had a confidence in their proclamation and notice they had conviction notice how their conviction brings clarity their decision is a very relaxed decision notice it says if it be so our god whom we serve is able but verse 18 i'll quote adrian rogers again he says this faith is not primarily receiving from god what you want it is accepting from god what he gives 
I think it's not so much is God able, but, or not if God is able, but if God is willing. So a preacher, I ask it in Jesus' name, and so I'm going to name it, and I'm going to claim it in Jesus' name. Well, don't forget the other verses. If we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. So see, they have made a decision, and now they've moved forward, and they say, okay, God can deliver us. There's nothing impossible with God. But if He wants us to burn, that's His will. That's dedication. See, Christians that aren't dedicated, when their prayers don't get answered the way they want to get answered, they become bitter. They get mad with God. Instead of getting closer to God through a trial or tribulation, when things don't go their way, they draw away from God. But not Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They, they left some leeway. You know what we do? We put God in a box. We don't ever say, He can and then but if He don't. He can heal you, but if He don't, He's still God, and He's still good, and He still loves you, and He's still full of grace, and He's still full of mercy. Job, I think he learned this at some point. He said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. I will maintain my own ways before him. And finally, I want to say this. I'll wrap it up in conclusions. A real devotion leads to a radical disconnection, and a rudimentary decision leads to a relaxed declaration, and real dedication leads to a renewed display of God's love and his presence. I love the story because of what happens. You see them go through the fire. And man, they get thrown in there and... They, they don't bend, they don't bow, and you think, oh no, they're going to burn. But you know the story, they get thrown in there and they don't burn. Thank God for the King James Bible. Look at it right here in verse number 24. Verse number 24, Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished and rose up in haste and spake and said unto his counselors, Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, True, O king. He answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Amen. His number is the fourth, and his name is Jesus. Amen. Jesus Christ is still in the fire. The only thing that burned up with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were their shackles. And see, if you're really dedicated to God, even if he allows you to go through the fire, even if he allows you to go through the testing, you're going to be freer and you're going to be happier and you're going to have more of God's blessing on your life than if you were out there and you bow down to the image. Amen. Because when you bow down to what the world tells you to do, you're going to be enslaved and in shackles. The best thing to do is just go ahead and cross the line and say, you know what? I want to be the real deal. I'm going to sign up to be the real deal. Don't budge, don't bend, don't bow, and don't burn. Amen. Amen. Amen.